Bible, if it's a paper one, way to be old school. If it's a digital one on your phone, you're in a Bible nonetheless, it's all good. So go ahead and have the word ready, and I want you to welcome this morning as Pastor Daryl Merrill Sr. comes to share the word today. Pastor, come on up. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mike. Amen. Mike's doing a great job with our young people, and I think it's great you could hear the uh, worship team from Ignite, our youth ministry, and, and just get acquainted with Mike on this day. A lot more graduates in the bulletin than we're here this morning, but uh, we do want to stand behind that. Hey, we have some special guests here this morning, and Ben and Ruth McMiller are here. They've been on the mission field, really, uh, all their ministry life. They were students here in the Bible College in the 1950s and graduated from our college and went out to uh, serve the Lord. They were in the, some of the first classes I taught here, and it's really neat for us to see them this morning. Would uh, Ben and Ruth, why don't you stand? And uh, would you welcome them this morning? Good to have them. Amen. Thank you so much. All through their years, they have been serving the Lord wholeheartedly, even on the mission field down on the Mexico border. And what a blessing they have been. It's great to have you with us this morning. You don't get to be here very often, so it's good. Uh, greetings this morning as we move now into the Word. And uh, I'd just like to say before I open the Word that Jerry and I want to thank all of you for praying. Really thank you for praying for Jerry. Everybody asked me uh, how she is the last couple weeks after breaking her jaw in a fall. And we really appreciate the cards and the prayers of all the people. And praise the Lord that she is beginning to get better. Uh, yesterday, she said, I think I'm going to go to church tomorrow. This morning, she got ready to come to church, uh, come downstairs, sit on the couch, and said, I can't go to church. <laughs> I got too much pain. I wouldn't be able to talk. Uh, so she didn't come this morning. But it'll be, shortly, she'll be back, and she really appreciates all the love and the prayers. Also, I want to ask you to remember uh, Pastor Darrell's wife, Leslie's father in prayer. He had surgery on his eyes last week. And uh, Leslie had to be up with her parents in Kenosha to help them uh, during this time. They really need prayer and complete healing for Leslie's dad. Pastor Darrell, as Mike said, couldn't be here this morning. Um, this weekend, he was speaking at the convention in Kansas City. And uh, all of our friends were there with Pastor John Crane and the great church in Kansas City that we've been acquainted with for probably over 40 years. My parents, Jerry's parents, actually were, went to that church for a convention in the 1950s. So we've been acquainted all their life. And some of our best friends were there. Bob Cornwall was speaking just with us, was down there. Uh, Steve Sampson was there. Steve's sister we had was here, was there, uh, as well as Roberta Crane, and the mother of the pastor, and uh, the daughter of the founder. And Pastor Darrell spoke on Wednesday, I think it was, and it was a great time. I listened on line as much as I could because uh, I really wanted to be there. I just have always been there and I just uh, I, I enjoyed it. So uh, it was good that uh, Pastor Darrell could be there. Uh, but Pastor Darrell and his family are on vacation this coming week and kind of a little change of plans. They left early. So he came back from Kansas City and we talked about it and said, why don't you go ahead and go? They've got to go to Iowa first and northern Minnesota to some relatives back through Wisconsin with her family. So I told them just go ahead and go and get started early. And that's why I'm preaching this weekend. I didn't tell him to go so I could preach. <laughs> Wasn't that at all. 
But Daryl went on with the boys, so he could spend some time with them. Leslie's with her dad, and then she's coming in a day or two over. But Pastor Daryl asked if I would make a special announcement. Thursday, before he left, uh, he was in an interviewed uh, at WYLL, and uh, WYLL interviewed a number of pastors in the city of well-known pastors uh, that were there, and uh, you know, Edwin Lutzer was one of them, and, and uh, Pastor was interviewed as well. That's going to be on the radio, WYLL, 11.60 a.m., Thursday at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Daryl asked me to make that announcement. If anybody could listen, he thought it would really be great if uh, you could be there, uh, I mean, if you could listen to it at that time. As we come to the message this morning, I really felt impressed of the Lord to preach on the church. We're part of the church. We gather this morning to worship as the body of Christ. And uh, the reason that I really felt impressed that, that way, because two weeks ago, Pastor Darrell preached on the Vision Sunday for our church. And I really felt the Lord said that I should just continue along that message. And I thought... What a great message Pastor Darrell delivered two weeks ago on Vision Sunday. Um, I think I listened to it three or four times uh, in my car as I was driving. And uh, he was preaching on what we are right now in the church, where God's brought us, what God has done, and we really gave God praise for his blessing and the things was what was there. But when I was asked to preach this weekend, I thought I should continue that in that vein and uh, carry us now more into the future, what God has in a plan for us. More of a biblical uh, study. Pastor Darrell preached to us what the church is, where we are, where we're going as a body of believers. But this morning, I would like to take the next step, get into the Word of God, and see what God had in mind when he actually called the church into existence. What his purpose is, even for us as a church, and his purpose for us individually. So that's the thought of where we're going this morning. What would he like to see us become in him? All the way through the scriptures, the epistles, the term in him, meaning being in Christ. What does God really want out of our lives as Christians that we might continue in the faith and be what he wants us to be? So that's the general direction I want to go this morning. Take your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 4. It'll also be on the screen ahead of us. But the subject this morning is going to be, it's on the screen, Christian maturity, the maturity of the church as we take it from Ephesians chapter 4. So that's why I want to turn to Ephesians 4. As we look at the fourth chapter of Ephesians, we ask, what does God really want? What is he doing in relationship to the church? And it's a great chapter of what we should be as Christians. I want to begin with a series of exhortations. There are... Uh, Right at the very beginning, there's four or five of them. First of all, in verse 1, that we would be worthy of our calling. What does it mean to be worthy of something? That means to act like what we are. How many think we could affect the world if we just really act like Christ? Christian, Christ-like. So first, be like Christ or be worthy. Verse number 2 talks about being humble and being gentle. Goes on that verse, talks about being patient with one another. If you notice, I'm not making any applications now. I'm not talking about how that works. I'm just telling you what the word says. Uh, another one's not up there. He says, exercise love, making allowances for everybody else's faults. We all know the faults 
but do we make allowances because we really love it? Love. Jesus said, by this shall you know that you are my disciples, because you have love one for another. And of course it ends in verse 3 in these introductory things, keeping the unity of the faith. Being in unity. And I thank God for the blessing, the love, the unity, and the Christians that we meet with on Sunday morning. Uh, that's just kind of an introduction to that chapter. But those are good practical things on being a Christian and living like one. But I want to begin now with Ephesians 4 and read verse 7. This is what Christ has done for us. To help us function, or I should say to help us to be what he wants us to become. And Ephesians 4 verse 7 says this, However, God has given to each one of us a special gift. Think about this. God has given to each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. It goes on in verse 8 and tells us that after the resurrection, Jesus ascended up into heaven. The ascension is told in the Acts, the first chapter, verses 9 to 11, how he met with his disciples. Told him that morning when he was going to go away, you should receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon him. Be witnesses, the uttermost part of the world. And Acts 1, 9 says, as he was yet speaking, he was taken up a cloud, received him out of his sight. He said in John 14, it's expedient I go away. When I go away, I'm going to send the comforter, the Holy Spirit. He's going to be with you. The disciples didn't realize it's going to be over 2,000 years before he came back again. Because the angel said that day, the same Jesus who went away will come back. And we really believe that. Jesus, who purchased our salvation, went to the right hand of the Father, and he is going to come back for a glorious church. Hallelujah. That God might work in our lives. A few scriptures on that. Hebrews 8.1 says, He sat down when he went to heaven at the right hand of the Father. Hebrews chapter 9.24 tells us that there he is at the right hand of God, doing what? ever living to make intercession to God for us. He is going to heaven, sitting on his throne, and praying for us. Praying that we can make it. Praying that God would let us become all that he intended for us to come. Praying for us when we're going through trials. Facing temptation. He went through all the temptation. He conquered, put the enemy under his feet, and he is on the throne to rule and to reign. Hallelujah. You know the story. He died for us. Then he rose again, so that same power that brought him from the dead can quicken our mortal bodies and touch us in this hour. Died, he rose again, gave us the Holy Spirit to give us power to live and to serve him, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then it tells us here in verse 8, and when Jesus ascended up to the throne, sat down in heaven, verse 8 says, he gave gifts to the people. Jesus gave gifts to help us as people fulfill the plan that God had for us, for us in our lives. I have them on the screen up here. Verse 7 says he gave gifts, special gifts to us to help us come into the purposes of God. The next verse up there, verse 11, Ephesians 4, 11. Can you read that with a dark shade? It says he gave gifts to the church. I really want us to get that picture. 
Verse 7, he said he went to heaven and gave gifts to, special gifts to each one of us because he just is generous. He wanted to bless us. So we have gifts to be used. But then it says, verse 11, that he gave gifts to the church when Christ ascended, sat down on the right hand of God, making intercession. But he wanted to see that we were ready, that we were equipped to be what God wants us to be. Let's read verse 11 in Ephesians 4. That's the theme of my message this morning. He says there, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. I want you to see the difference. Christ gave the gift of the Holy Spirit for every believer. He gave gifts to each one of us to function with. Gave gifts to us, but verse 11 says he gave gifts to the church and he names them. They are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. These are not gifts we possess, they are the people who became teachers and pastors and evangelists and prophets and apostles. And God provided the leadership for his church. We're talking about the church and how God wants to work in our lives. He gave apostles. I believe today that there are people with an apostolic touch upon their lives. We don't always call them apostles. I think some people call themselves apostles uh, when they aren't apostles. Even in the New Testament, there were people that questioned, is Paul really an apostle? <laughs> you read every epistle, Paul the apostle. And Paul said to the church at Corinth, he said, if you don't accept me in other places, this church ought to know that I'm an apostle because I came with a message first. I founded this church. I'm the father of this church. He said, if I'm not an apostle, anybody else, I am to you because you are the proof of my apostleship. Because they were the converts that he had trained. He was like a father to them. He said, you may have 10,000 instructors, but you'll have one father who birthed you. And that's the ministry of a, an apostle to establish the church. Secondly, he gave what he called prophets. Well, we've had prophets, I believe people with the ministry, not just standing up and prophesying, but a real uh, prophet that is giving some word from God, not just a message, but, but uh, prophets, what they are. When they speak, it's like God speaking uh, to us. And I praise God we've had those kind of people experience here. Thirdly, gave evangelists in this passage, and we believe in that. Many people have been sent forth from the ministry here through the Bible College. Ben and Ruth are here this morning. Uh, we've had missionaries go out that we continue to support who are evangelizing countries, evangelizing cities, establishing churches, even doing apostolic work. So we believe that Jesus came to seek and save the lost, and then he said, you go out and be a witness to me. Fourth group up here are called pastors. How many know we believe in pastors in our church? That's why we're here. <laughs> we really do believe in strong called pastors in the ministry. And then there are teachers. It says pastors and teachers. I think most of our pastors are, say, some people say these are the five-fold ministry gifts. Other people read that because uh, there's no comma after this. Well, pastors and teachers are all one and the same thing. And in our church, that's probably true because we have a Bible college here, and therefore we teach in the college. A lot of our preaching is teaching. Uh, I've been teaching for all these years, as Pastor Darrell said on Vision Sunday, teaching in the school here. But I think about uh, Pastor Harry's here this morning. 
We've been associated close to 40 years. He's carrying on to that ministry of teaching around the world. Um, Pastor Fred Job, probably 25 years, been teaching our Bible college. Pastor Darrell, uh, nobody can teach Life of Christ and New Testament survey like Pastor Darrell. And uh, Leanne also teaches. So everybody's in ministry is also teaching in the college. So we are pastors and teachers. I really believe those are separate functions because I want to tell you, I know a lot of pastors, I know a lot of teachers. And all pastors are not necessarily good teachers. And all teachers are not necessarily pastors. So I think there's a place for pastors and there's a place for teachers. But scripture also has a place for pastors and teachers. Did I all confuse everybody there? You all with me? Good. I don't want to get my mix all talked, I mean my talk all mixed up as we go through that. Um, Why did I go through that? This is God's provision for the church and its leadership. This is what God is doing, and I believe in our church. We've been built upon this pattern for the church. When I think about it, Christ ascended back to heaven, back to his heavenly throne, having conquered the devil at the cross, having said all enemies are put under his feet, and then seated on the throne, he made provision for the church, which he had said in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church. He didn't leave the church helpless. He didn't leave it leaderless. See, it says in Hebrews, Christ was the apostle of our profession. He was called a prophet when he came. He came to seek and save the lost as an evangelist. He was the good shepherd, which is the same word for pastor. And people came to talk to him and said, good teacher, what should I do? As he was here on earth, he was the apostle. He was the prophet. He was the evangelist. He was the pastor. He was the teacher. When he went to heaven, I believe what happened was God gave, or excuse me, Christ gave some of himself, some of his various ministries to people in this earth that can carry on the ministry of building his church. He didn't leave us shepherdless. Hallelujah. And God has provision for us from his heavenly throne and gave us these ministries. If I could just take a moment to say, this is the way our church is built. Pastor Darrell had given vision Sunday. I really felt God wanted me to take this further because God has led us to be built as a church with sent ones or called ones. And... uh, I knew before we ever came out here to start this church, I took two or three weeks of prayer, Jerry and I, and talked with other people. I knew that God had called us to pastor this church. Never been a doubt in my mind. I could say God sent us to this place, and we're here to build a, a church. That was almost 40 years ago. We haven't gone any place since because that's our calling. Never doubted that. We never left because that's where God, we felt, planted us as Christ sat on the throne. I have to say about Pastor Darrell, I believe that Pastor Darrell has the call to be our pastor. I just am thrilled to watch his leadership. And I didn't always know that he was going to be a pastor. I want to tell you this morning that I did not uh, fix that. I did not try that. I want to say Pastor Harry, who took Daryl on his wings when he was still a teenager. He had that vision far long before I did that God had his hand upon Daryl to go into the ministry. And so Daryl has become a sent one. 
I won't have Brother Harry stand up because I don't want to. I said I was going to say I don't want to embarrass him. I don't think I could embarrass him. But uh, Brother Harry has been called of God and has spent his life fulfilling the call of God. Came to the ministry here. He started a church south of Chicago there for five years. Became, I think, the biggest church in that county through three building programs. And then God led him to Christian life and he's never left the ministry here. Because God laid his hand upon Harry from the time he was a teenager that this was what he was supposed to do in life. That's the high priest. That's Jesus calling pastors and teachers and evangelists. Some might even consider an apostle in that way. Pastor Fred um, has been a pastor here for, for many years and God really laid his hand upon Pastor Fred to minister in the realm of an associate pastor. He said, I'm there, Pastor Fred says, to help the pastor. Do whatever he needs done. That's my calling, and that's all Pastor Fred has ever done. He's out with, with the Vacation Bible School people now, with the children, uh, getting them ready. He does what needs to be done. And, uh, you know, some people, I think, wondered when I stepped down if Pastor Fred would not be the next pastor because he had been here so long, was mature and uh, big, and they could have a big German shepherd. And... Uh, you know what he said? Pastor Fred himself said, God never called me to be a senior pastor. God called me to help another pastor run a church. That's all he's ever done is help a pastor run the church. Twenty-some years he's been helping us uh, do that. And he stood and said from this pulpit, as I serve Pastor Merrill, and whatever he needed done, I was there to do it. I will do the same for Pastor Darrell. That's a call. That's what I'm talking about, Christ calling somebody to their ministry and knowing what their ministry is. And I, I thank God for pastors in our church that can fit that definition. Our church is built upon Ephesians 4, 11, even to this day. Other churches we fellowship, I mentioned a church in Kansas City, exactly the same philosophy. Now let me illustrate from the scripture, Ephesians 4, how this works. I want to read... Uh, uh, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, if I could. And it'll be on the screen behind me. In fact, let me start with verse number 10. Verse 10 starts, Ephesians 4, and the same one who descended is the one who ended higher than all the heavens and ascended that the whole universe might be filled with him. What does that mean? Christ descended down to this earth. As a baby, he came to this earth, the fullness of time. It says he was born. He came, descended. Philippians 2 said he left his throne in glory, laid it aside, became a human being, came down to this earth. He descended down to our world. And after the crucifixion, we've already given the reference how he was now going to ascend back into heaven. And that's what it's saying here. He now has ascended higher than the heavens to the very throne of God, and that he might fill the whole universe. I want to say this morning, he is King of kings and Lord of lords. And he's going to come back again this one, one of these days and set up a kingdom on this earth and his kingdom shall be forever and forever. Amen. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, O Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven he is on the throne. But aren't you looking forward to the day 
when the enemy, the devil, has been put in the bottomless pit and Jesus Christ is going to rule and reign in lives and we have a new heaven and a new earth right here. Well, that gets me into second coming eschatology and that's not the theme this morning. Let's now read verses 11 and 12. Ephesians 4, 11. Now there are gifts that Christ gave to the church and the names, again, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. But I want to read verse 12. What is the responsibility from the NIV, or excuse me, the New Living Translation? Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work. What is our responsibility? We're talking about pastors given to our church. What's our responsibility? To equip God's people to do his work and to build up the body of Christ. Our responsibility is to equip. And that word means to to develop people to do ministry. To uh, perfect, to mature body of believers. I really believe after this many years, we should not be baby Christians. We should grow in Christ. We should be growing up to the full measure of what he expects us to be. And that's our job to teach, to preach, to train Uh, to perfect, to prepare, so that we are ready to do the work of ministry. For the perfect of the saints, for the work of ministry, to edify the whole body of Christ. It goes on to verse 13, says, till we all come to the unity of the faith. God loves it when we work together in unity, and that's the beauty of a body. Our body has to work in in unison, together, or something would be out of joint. It would be painful. And I don't like to see out-of-joint people. I want us all praising the Lord together, worshiping together, and flowing together in the, in the things of God. Now, having preached that, let me just say this. I think we've made a big mistake in the church at large, a lot of people's understanding, in the expectation of what a pastor, what a leader is for. Because we read this verse... And it says, God gave these gifts, what mainly in our church, pastors, teachers. And we read it, God gave these pastors for the work of ministry. They are here to do the work of ministry. They are in the ministry. And so the thinking goes, hey, that's what we pay a pastor for. He's supposed to be doing, he's in the ministry. He's supposed to do the work of the church. That's his job. But I want to say that's not what it says here in Scripture. It reads, he gave these men these gifts to the church. What's our job? To perfect the church. We're given for the perfecting, the maturing, the equipping of people in the church for them to do the work of ministry. Unto the work of ministry. Pastors are to perfect saints to do the work of ministry. Our job is to See a body begin to grow to where we're doing ministry. To equip us, to give us the maturity to handle ministries. And I think that is so important that we realize it. I was looking over the bulletin as uh, even before Pastor Mike made the announcement. And you know that every one of these things have somebody here that is doing that ministry. As a woman Bible study has Don McClure's name and phone, and phone number. A uh, uh, ministry tip to the, of the ladies. I mean, excuse me, uh, uh, yeah, ministry tip to Devil's Lake. Uh, call Laura on that. Uh, Homer's and Hot Dogs Day. Call uh, 
What's my son-in-law's name again? Yeah, Mark, right. His name's here. Uh, you want to be a part of the choir in July? Uh, call Leanne. God gave her as a gift to this church to help perfect your, perfect your voice so you could praise God with it. Amen? Is that part of perfecting of the saints? I hope so. Amen. Vacation Bible School. Volunteers like you wouldn't believe are needed to do work of ministry. You say, I can't teach kids. I can't do anything. I noticed just this morning in here is one little line that says you can help by attending our Trace and Cut Day on Saturday, June 15th, anytime from 10 to 4 p.m., and be a part of that. All of us probably can trace things and cut them out with a pair of scissors, but that gets it ready for the children. And then when we have Vacation Bible School the last week of this month, there are going to be all kinds of teachers. Pastor Darrell's not going to lead VBS. Pastor Fred will help direct people that they will do the work of VBS. I think the Ascension Convention, 20, how many years, Brother Harry? 28 years? And 100 volunteers out of this congregation would say, we're all doing something to make it go. When we had the, the giveaway last month, there were dozens and dozens of volunteers to take care of that need. We can find a place, it's called a body, and the body works together. The body fits together and works God's will for the church. Let me read um, the, the different translations, if I could, on that particular verse. And um, I, I want to, I had that right here. Let me see where it is. Um, next page. I want to read verse 12 for you from the uh, NIV or from the uh, New Living Translation. Their responsibility, as I read this, leader pastor, is to equip God's people to do the work and to build up the body of Christ. Who does the work in the church? The pastor, of course, right? No. He doesn't do all the work. Sometimes we involved in a lot of things, but really we are equipping people to do the work. See, the leadership of the church is given to equip, to perfect every one of God's people to do work of ministry. See, how can we do that? Because in verse 7 at the beginning, I first read that verse that every one of us have been given special gifts through the generosity of Christ. He has prepared us for that. We are matured in the faith. We grow up in Christ so that we, each one of us, are equipped and prepared to do whatever ministry God has called us as is needed in the, in the uh, body of Christ. Let me say that God's plan and purpose, I'm preaching on this morning, is not, God's plan and purpose is not that we're just here to have services. We just have scheduled services for us to attend. God's plan is not that we just come early at 9 o'clock so we have a cup of coffee and fellowship with other people. God's plan for the church is not that we may remain baby Christians for a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years. I got saved back in the 80s, but I haven't grown since then. We're not baby Christians. We're mature Christians who are listening to the word of God every day. That'd be a good place for an amen. amen. Good. Amen. I just want to make sure you're still awake. Amen. God's given us 
teachers and pastors, and I thank God for what he's done for our church, to bring us into maturity and prepare us with opportunities to help us do the work. You want to work with VBS? Talk to Pastor Fred. He'll have something that you can do. Want to help with ministry? Um, the kids' pantry? Uh, they have a few ladies down there sorting these clothes for the next giveaway. And you ought to, we ought to just be anxious to go down. Anybody can sort clothes from you know, six months old to six years old and fold them up and get them ready. And you know what happens? This thing just goes on and on and bigger and bigger. The last three or four days, the ladies that do this, they took the truck out and they had lined up schools in this entire area. At the end of the year, all of the lost and found was given to the kids' pantry, plus all the school supplies that they want to get out of the office. We got boxes of note paper never opened, pens and pencils. When they go back to school, we're going to have a giveaway for a school because of the ministry that these ladies are doing. But they're out driving the vans. They're out driving the truck. I think there's a lot of people that really would like to be a part of something like that and to come into the purpose that God has for us not just to sit and uh, get you know, warm feelings or goosebumps when the young people sing, but to say, what does God, what did he call me for? I think it's wonderful that I can stand up and say what God called me for, what God called Pastor Darrell, Pastor Harry, Pastor Fred, Leanne. We know that because we see it up in front. But what's God called you for, every one of us? Now, you know what? I said all of that to bring me to the outline. Now I'm ready to preach my sermon. <laughs> Amen. First point's going to be in the screen. The sermon notes you're going to take are in the back of the bulletin. And the purpose of church ministry, number one, is to produce maturity in the believers of Christ. Produce maturity of believers in Christ. Let me read Ephesians 4.13. It's on the screen there for you. But I'm going to break these Verses down. Ephesians 4, 13, now wait a minute. Ephesians 4, 11 said he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to perfect saints to do the work of ministry. And it goes right on, verse, the next verse. This will continue until we come to such unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. If we go to the next slide, I want to show you the four points of that verse. What has God done all this for? Number one, that we could come together in unity. It says it's blessed, Psalm 133, when we come together in unity. God wants us to be united, serving him, loving him, living for him. Secondly, God did this so that we could have a knowledge of God's son. Thirdly, number C, to be mature in that knowledge. We need to grow up in the knowledge of God to the full measure of Christ. So we'd have the fullness of Christ. We would be Christ's ambassadors here on this earth, doing what he wanted to do, a disciple of Christ. Those are the four points of verse 13. So the first one is to produce maturity in the body of Christ. The second one comes from verse 14, which is to produce established Christians in Christ. To produce established Christians in Christ. And let me read the next verse, verse 14. Then we'll be no longer immature like children. We won't be tossed 
and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that sound like the truth. Let's break verse 14 down into the outline. What's he saying? When this thing really works, there's no more immature Christians. Sometimes we meet Christians, they're such babies. We need to grow up. Amen? Do you ever say that to your kids? They do something, you say, why don't you grow up? I wonder if God ever says that to us. Come on, grow up. No. <laughs> what does it say here? No more immature Christians. And I like, I want to emphasize the point B here. No more of this being tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching that goes through the country. I'll tell you, there are people that listen to every voice under the sun, and there's a lot of voices going out in the world. We need to check the voice with the Word of God. Just because somebody says something on TV doesn't mean you have to buy into it. You have to know. It says, know them that labor among you. This is the value of having a pastor. This is the value of having a church that teaches the word of God. I really think God wants us to not be this new. You know, new things blow through all the time. Amen? I, I've, as I said, been in decades in the church. And I've watched things come and go, blow in, blow out. I remember when I first came, well, back when, when Ben and Ruth were in college, there was a church on the north side of Chicago that began to take things out of the Word of God, scriptures, and preach that we would never die. I'm attracted people. People were happy for that. If we're going to have healed bodies, then why should they ever be sick? And resurrect your life. You can have it right now. You don't have to wait to get heaven. And you know, all the people that preach that are now dead. Yeah, a wind blow through. We didn't check it with the rest of the Word of God. And, and, wow, sounds good to me. And so we take that. And people are doing it all the time, you know. Send me $100 and you get 1000 back. I should quit on the things. I might offend somebody, step on somebody's toes, so I won't go any farther with that. But notice what my points are up there. No more immature Christians. Not tossed about. No more being deceived by lies. And as it says in the translation, clever tricks that are happening in the body of Christ. Not yet, there's a lot of that going on today. We need to be mature and settled in Christ. The third purpose of ministry, number three, is to produce a healthy body of Christ. Next verse, Ephesians uh, 4.15 says, Instead of believing everything goes through, instead of that, we will speak the truth in love, growing up in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of our body body, the church. What's the point from uh, verse 15? Number one, we're going to speak the truth in love. I believe we can know the truth and the truth will set you free. I believe the truth of God is what we're preaching. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We need to know the fullness of that and just speak the truth in love so we don't believe a lie. Then secondly, number B, we will grow up to be more like Christ. Have you ever told your kids, why don't you grow up? Well, we can't do that with people in the church, but uh, how many know people that should grow up? Spiritually, we need to grow up, be more mature, and that's why you have pastors, that's why we preach every Sunday, to help us be more like Christ. And then thirdly, we'll be in proper relationship with Christ, our head, as it says in that verse, who is the head of the body, the church. Every member should get his direction from the head. 
That's how our body works. Amen? It's all connected. When I stand up here and I point my little finger, I'm saying this. My finger, I don't say, finger, please point, right? I know that my finger has joints. I can do all kinds of things with it. But it's hooked onto a hand that then has a wrist, it has an arm, and there's an elbow. I'm talking about every joint supplying what is needed to get my finger to move up to my shoulder. And then there's nerves that come clear to my brain. And I don't even think about it anymore. If I were to point, I just point. Because I don't know why it works. That's good, isn't it? Let me move to the fourth point here. The fourth purpose of ministry is to produce a body that will grow and fit together. Ephesians 4.16. He made the whole body to fit together perfectly. What I talk about, your finger connected to the whole body. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So the whole body is growing healthy and full of love. What are the points from this verse? The whole body will fit together perfectly. I'll tell you, there is something beautiful about the church. Fitting together with members. All of us are different. We all have different aspects. And I think it's very interesting that uh, two Wednesday nights ago, when we talked about the uh, people gave testimonies on the Wednesday night prayer thing, one, one man comes to Wednesday night, sits on the front row, and I just had people testify and he testified that he said, I came to help in a giveaway. And I walked around, and I didn't see anything I could do. And he said, uh, most of them were ladies. And I thought, what am I doing here with this? And then suddenly somebody came up and said, this person really wants to take this free, this bunk bed, but we don't have anybody to take it apart. He went out to his pickup truck, got his tools. Uh, I watched him. He, Found out how, to, how it was put together, took it apart. Then he even took the bed, put it in his pickup truck, and drove it to the lady's house and delivered it. And he came back that Wednesday and said, I didn't think it was anything for me, and I was used. <laughs> I was a blessing. I helped this lady. See, that's what I'm talking about here, where the whole body fits together perfectly. And we all work in harmony. Uh, I feel so sorry for... For Jerry, for my wife, uh, when she fell, as you know, uh, just going out to pick the paper, but uh, she tripped on the, the uh, driveway and broke her jaw. And she said, this jaw hurts, but it hurts so much worse on this side of my face. Why is this side hurting when this side is broken? So he went, and she said, no, that my arms ache, because she fell on her arms and they collapsed and they ached, and her legs ache, her back ache. She aches all over. And uh, we asked the doctor. We sent him to a specialist who decided it didn't have to be wired shut, and that was a blessing. But um, she asked the doctor, why is my other side of my jaw hurting? Why does the rest of my body hurt? He said, well, think about it for a minute. You fell hard enough on cement to break your jaw. Think what happened to the other side. You took your whole Every joint, every nerve, you took and pushed it the other way. So this was strained. Your hands, where they went down the ground, they were all strained. That made your shoulders hurt, your back hurt, because your whole body was out of whack. I don't want to pastor a church that's out of whack. 
I want us to be fitly joined together, working in harmony. When we need something done, it's done. Take up an offering for missions, it goes around the world because we're all part of this body together. And the second point B says, we'll all be doing our own special work. It said he gave us special gifts so we could do it. And God would have us do our own special work. This guy didn't know when he came to church he needed a toolbox in his truck. He didn't know that he had the skills to do this or he could add the back to deliver it. But see, it was a special work that only he could do that day. And I think that's beautiful. Third point, number C, each part will help the other parts grow. What does it mean? It talks a word about one part supplying what the next one needs. And the body even though it's hurt, can grow back together because God is restoring the body. And the point D, the whole body then will be healthy, growing, and full of love. That's a beautiful picture of the church. And that's why we are here every week. That's why we have worship services. That's why we have prayer meetings. That's why we have teaching sessions. In your bulletin is on the back side of the Homer hot dog thing uh, is a list of three different classes for the summer that takes place Sunday morning at 8.30. Some people come early just for that. Uh, certain dates are going to be on knowing God. Uh, then in July and 1st of August, we're going to be in the work and gifts of the Holy Spirit. After that, we're in the last two judges and the first two kings in 2nd Samuel. Opportunity to really learn from these Sunday school modules. I'm just saying that all of us can fit together and supply what is needed. In closing, let me just summarize again the purpose of our ministry gifts. By ministry gifts, I mean pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, apostles. The purpose of that is, number one, to mature believers. Number two, to produce established believers. Number three, to produce a healthy body. And fourthly, a body that's growing and fitting together. If on your notes you want to make just one word, the word would be number one, mature. Number two, established. Number three, healthy. And number four, fit together as we grow. This whole chapter is developing us as Christians. We are maturing. We are growing. And I want to take the rest of the chapter as we close this morning and just scroll down what is going to happen if you are a mature Christian in Christ. Number one, in verse 17, it will say, if we're really a mature person, we don't live like other unbelievers. If we're a Christian, we don't live like unbelievers. The second one, in verse 18, we don't walk in darkness anymore. Our minds alienated from the things of God. We don't walk in darkness if we're in light. Number three, in verse 19, he says, don't give in to lustful pleasure impurity. These are every verse as we go down the line for the rest of chapter 19. Don't give in to your lust impurity. Number, verse number 20, that isn't what you learn from Christ. <laughs> hey, only practice what Christ is teaching, verse 20. Verse 22, put off the old man and your former life. Don't keep active. You ought to be grown up. Mature Christians, don't keep acting like we did in a former life. Put that old nature off. Except, uh, going on to verse 22, it says, Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. I want to tell you, that is the fastest way to grow spiritually, is get your thoughts and your attitude into 
what the Spirit wants done in our life. Renew our mind. In fact, the next one is verse 23. Be renewed in your mind. It says when we come in Christ, we are new creatures. Old things passed away. We begin to think new. Verse 24 says, put on the new man, which is truly righteousness and holy, that verse says. Righteousness, holy, a new person in us. Verse 25 says, stop telling lies. Just speak the truth. <laughs> quit, quit pretending. Quit being a hypocrite. Don't tell lies. Speak the truth. Verse 26, 27, don't let anger control you. And verse 27 goes on and says, that gives a foothold to the devil. Look at the last one. Don't let our anger control us because that gives a foothold to the devil to come into our lives. So get rid of the anger in our life. Um, verse 28 says, work with your hands and then give to others that are in need. Verse 29 says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful. If you want to be a good Christian, mature Christian, clean up your mouth. <laughs> Amen? Don't be foul. Don't be abusive. Let everything you say be good and helpful. Verse 29. Verse 30 just says simply, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Verse 31 says, put away all bitterness. I want to say this word to everybody this morning. Whatever's in your life, put away all bitterness. Anger, evil speaking, evil behavior. You want to grow up in God? Get rid of the evil behavior, the evil speaking, the anger, even bitterness in our life. Well, what should we do in return? Verse 32, be kind one to another, tenderhearted and forgiving one another. What a change. What a mature. What a growing up. And the very last sentence says, forgive as God has forgiven you. Forgive just like we're forgiven. God forgives much. And we need to be open to one another. That's the whole body fitting together by the Holy Spirit. That's the whole fourth chapter of Ephesians in one 30-minute message. Wow. I think I'll go to lunch now. <laughs> Let's bow our heads for prayer, shall we? Father, I just pray that you will speak to each person that's gathered here this morning. Lord, I just pray you'll help us to digest this chapter. Help us to live in this. Help us to live like this. Take us, O oh Lord, and make us here at Christian Life into a body that you called us to be. Lord, I thank you for the pastors that you have placed here and for the teachers you've given us and those that are leading all these ministries. I thank you, Lord, that we are becoming what you wanted your church to become and help us to move in that direction. Strengthen us, O oh Lord, I pray. If anyone doesn't know where they fit, I pray you'll give them special gifts because of your generosity. Thank you for the ministry gifts you've given to this church, Lord. That we're not putting somebody in as pastor, taking them out as pastor because you have planted our church. I thank you for that. And so I pray you'll teach us, perfect us, mature us, that we might come into the fullness of the measure of Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. 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 Before, we're gone, before we go this morning, we're going to practice just one of these obedient steps. And just one little point, verse 28, I just hurried in a, in a thing. Some of the ushers are already going back there. It says, we who have worked give to those who are in need. 
And we didn't take a needy offering last Sunday because we had a special speaker here. And so the second offering went uh, for the special speaker, the guest speaker that was here. So we're going to take the special needs offering this morning. Uh, because there are people actually waiting. We've used up all the money that we had for that. And there are people actually waiting for Monday morning so that their needs can be met. And so we've just read in verse 28 that we who are working, if you don't have a job, you don't have any uh, food to eat, come Friday morning, 9 o'clock, we have free food. Uh, there's free bread in the hallway over here. Uh, but if we were working, we didn't have to give to those who are in need. So that's what we're going to do right now. This is one step, simple, we can begin by obeying as a mature body to take care of those who are in need. Would you please come forward and let's pray and uh, ask God to really help us do more than just meet one simple thing, like giving to people in need. But on the other hand, thank God for our jobs. Thank God for his provision. Thank God for taking care of us. How many know God wants us to just obey all these details? Brother Alexi, would you ask God to bless people as they give in this needy offering? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. Everybody said amen. Amen. Give rejoicingly. And I just thank God we were here this morning. I appreciate you being here. Thank you for uh, listening to me. I realize this doesn't have probably uh, a lot of the uh, stuff that Pastor Darrell can do. But I just sit up here and talk of the Word of God. He's good. Amen. I really enjoy listening to Pastor Darrell. I don't think I've ever heard him preach a bad sermon. But please take your bulletin at, with you and notice the insert. There's Homer and hot dogs for men. We sit around the table after we play softball. If it rains, check Facebook from Men of Valor. Uh, backside has a new Sunday school classes. Uh, there are people down there teaching. And these are not pastor teaching. These are People that, that's been their gift to the body of Christ, and they are teaching these classes, and it really is good. VBS, hey, if you say, I can't do anything for VBS, you can come and cut out pictures, or you can help with the refreshments. There's something you can do, because we're going to take a lot of people the last week of the month to take care of our kids. And uh, would you stand as we receive the ancient blessing of the Lord from the book of Numbers this morning? And uh, prepare to go out. And uh, as we go out, I, I really pray God puts this message into our hearts. I was afraid it was going to be a little heavy, but I feel good about it now that it's over with. And uh, I really pray we'll go out as mature people and begin to practice what God... Because he wants us to have the best. You know what he says that Every Sunday, Pastor Darrell gives us this blessing. May the Lord bless you and protect you. I pray God bless you, protect you. You know, I pray that. I pray that when I'm in my car driving, because the Lord knows I need protection at that time, uh, the way I drive. But at home, on the job, the Lord just protect you with your job. May the Lord smile upon you. Wouldn't that be neat? Just feel his smile. May the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor. Amen. And give you his peace. Lord, I want to thank you this morning for your blessing. 
Lord, I thank you for your protection. Thank you for looking kindly upon us, that we really do want to grow and be what you want us to be. Thanks for being gracious to to us. Thank you for showing us your favor. Thank you, Lord, for your peace. I thank you for your blessing upon this congregation, and I pray we'll go in the strength of the Lord to be all that you want us to be. Help us to be mature Christians, growing in in relationship to the, the call of God in our life, the gifts you've given to us. Bless us in every aspect. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I don't know if there's somebody at the table right in the lobby for